Blog Talk Radio.
for the blood we have spilled All the treaties that were broken All the leaders you have stilled educate others about the history of their people. Their leader and narrator, Mark Tyak, is the son of a 28th generation Piscataway chieftain. When his father passes, it will be his turn to lead his tribe. During a ceremonial war dance, James Edwards displays the American Indian virtue of mercy by not striking his target. Steve Conway demonstrated what is called a men's grass dance. These were often used by American Indians to flatten grassy plains before making camp. Here, Eagle Boy Co. leads sophomore elementary education and engineering major Melissa Zichkowski in a rabbit dance, traditionally done by couples. Conway took the stage yet again to demonstrate a ring dance, an age-old tradition of forming shapes with rings, things like eagles, turtles, and the world. Co. performed an eagle dance, while Tyak explained the origin of the term Indian as it is used to describe Native Americans. The term came from Columbus, who, after being taken in by natives, affectionately dubbed them Indios, Spanish for in God. We'd like to welcome you to African Liberation Day, Palestine Day, 2022. This program has been organized by the All African Peoples Revolutionary Party, GC has been co-sponsored by the National K-12 
Council of Arab Americans under the direction of Jafari, 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 as well as the station, Africa on the Move, under the banner of the African Awareness Association. Well, this is a very important day, special day. We have had 64 years of African Liberation Day and 74 years of Palestine in Nakbak Day. What we're going to do today is we're going to highlight and discuss this year theme, which is unleashing an offensive of 64 years of African Liberation Day, intensifying the revolutionary struggle against capitalism and imperialism and Zionism and neocolonialism, forward to pan-Africanism, one unified socialist Africa. That's the spirit in which we're going to celebrate this year, African Liberation Day. It's a activity of the many activities that have taken place for African Liberation Month, which has been organized by the All-African People Revolutionary Party, GC. If you have not had a chance to participate in some of the previous activities, we will encourage you to please go to their website and check those activities out. You can go to their website at www.a-aprp.gc.org. They have done an excellent job in terms of presenting why this should be a African Liberation Month. And really, we know every day is a day for liberation when you're oppressed. So we're going to move forward down the road of liberation. And right now, we're going to talk about the essence and importance of this institution. We're talking about 64 years of African Liberation Day. And we're talking about 74 years of Palestine and Akbar Day. But before we talk about this institution, we've got to talk about the organization that has been playing a role to keep this institution alive and help build it. And that's the organization of all African peoples, Revolutionary Party, GC. They also have an anniversary. They have been 50 years of the AAPRP and 16 years of the AAPRP, GC. And we're going to bring in right now one of the members of those organizations, and he's going to talk about the significance of these milestones. Because, you know, we write history. A lot of times people um, have a tendency to write, write things out that they don't approve. And what we need to do to write things in that were actually factual, that is part of our history. I think that's a great accomplishment. You're about 50 years of existence, and you're talking about 16 years of continuing um, this particular struggle. So right now we're going to bring in our brother in Wallamakita for the AAPIPGC, and we'd like to welcome him. To African Liberation Day, Palestine Day, 2022. Welcome, Brother Um Thank you. Um, on behalf of the All African People's Revolutionary Party, GC, we're very happy to be a part of uh, African Liberation Day to sponsor, organize African Liberation Month and have an incentive against the, uh, the the system of capitalism and imperialism uh, and neocolonialism in Africa. Um, I think from our vantage point that the African Liberation Day, Palestine Day, are, are is the most important day of the year for African people. It is the day that all Africans who are for the of our people and against the oppression of, of one human being over another. All of, of us have a day 
that is our day, and that is African Liberation Day. And ALD comes out of a history of struggle because if we can talk about it in terms of the last 64 years, but if you talk about African Liberation Day, it is but a dot in the history of our people and the, and, and the history of our people in struggle. First and foremost, to create in Africa civilization for our people. And so, as Secretary says in Kuma Kwame, that our first struggle was against nature. And out of that, we built the pyramids. Out of that, we built uh, universities, great civilizations. We did that for ourselves. But within the context of that, there was struggle because many people don't see or understand that even within the context of Africa, it was the class struggle in Africa that moved African society forward. And that was with the demise of the communal society where there was no exploitation of man by man or man of woman. When those relationships ended, that class struggle has been waging ever since. And so when we understand African Liberation Day, it's out of that context. And so, of course, we can talk about imperialism in Africa. Berlin Conference, 1884, where the countries as we know them today in Africa were created in Europe by imperialism against the best interests of Africa and African people. But no less than 16 years later, the Africans met became a word by which our people began to organize around. And so the, the point is that when we talk about African liberation, that it fits into a, 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 a milieu, which for us is the African revolution. It fits there because it comes out of a struggle for Pan-Africanism, which was led by the Convention People's Party and Osage for Kwame Nkrumah, was having fought for independence in Ghana, genuine independence, socialist independence. It was Nkrumah who said that independence of Ghana was meaningless without the total liberation and unification of Africa. That's what came to power in Ghana, a party and a people that were against imperialism and for Pan-Africanism. That was the first uh, independent African uh, country against uh, European imperialism to win independence. But following that, independence also, and Krumah talks about it in, in, uh, in the Handbook of Revolutionary Warfare, that most of Africa came to power under neocolonialism, meaning that they were not independent politically and economically of imperialism. And it was within that context that the whole question of African Liberation Day and the struggle for Pan-Africanism was, was, was waging, that was raging. And so African Liberation Day has been organized by, for its, its intended purposes. <laughs> Since 1958, 
you know, renamed in, in 1963, which was to mark the onward progress of the revolutionary struggle for Pan-Africanism. What is the progress? African Liberation Day is that day. We have to reassess what we have accomplished in the last year and to plan for the next and, and going forward. That is African Liberation Day. And so there are many African Liberation Days, and we welcome. They need to be African Liberation Day worldwide. We welcome all of them. We only say, though, that African Liberation Day should be about the, the, the focus of the primacy of Africa worldwide, the primacy of Africa, and that our primary struggle at this stage in history as it relates to African Liberation Day is the struggle against neocolonialism and the struggle for Pan-Africanism. And as Sekou Ture says, that we're not talking about the state, the government. We're past that. This is about the masses of African people who will say that nothing less than the unification of our continent is acceptable. This is when we will move our struggle for, for Pan-Africanism into realization. And so for the last 64 years, from April 15th of 1958 to today, African Liberation Day has been held. The APRP in 1976 held its first African Liberation Day, independent of any other around the questions of Pan-Africanism. The APRP was founded in Guinea with Asajifo and Kwame and others. And it was Kwame who brought the APRP into the Western Hemisphere here in the United States. And that's been since 1972, if I have that information correct. So we will continue to play our part and to advocate and push that there be African Liberation Days worldwide and that they focus on the question of the total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism. And we would be remiss, and I would be remiss, because we're also celebrating 70 year, 74 years of Palestine Day in the Nakba. Because the African Revolution and the Palestinian Revolution are organically linked. That Pan-Africanism will not be realized without the defeat of Zionism in Africa. And so the, the struggle against Zionism and, and the struggle for the liberation of Palestine is, is one with the struggle for the liberation and unification of Africa as one. They are inseparable. And so we honor, celebrate, and are in solidarity with them also. So, one we can just, again, can we, you just... we are just giving our input in, uh, in terms of this question for African Liberation Day for this year. And uh, we, we're very thankful uh, for the opportunity. Can you just talk a little bit about the theme, the theme of unleashing an offensive of six, four years of African Liberation Day, intensifying the revolutionary struggle against capitalism and imperialism, Zionism and neocolonialism, power to Pan-Africanism, one unified social Africa. 
why this thing was chosen for this particular year? Um, I think the theme reflects what is needed at this stage in history. Imperialism is very aggressive worldwide, militarily speaking. And so it's evident in, uh, in, 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 in Europe. They're fighting militarily. In Africa, we talk about Africa militarily. They're on the continent of Africa, and they're fighting our people. So in revolution, it is our responsibility to also, to the best of our ability, to attack and to intensify our efforts to defeat imperialism. We intensify that effort. And these are the conditions I think that we're in today. So when we look at the theme, the theme addresses two categories. One is who is the enemy? What, what are we fighting against? And in our understanding of history, we're very precise. We're fighting against capitalism. We're fighting against imperialism. When we say capitalism, it's a system of which uh, the, the basic principle is that one human being exploits another for profit. We're opposed to that system. And then Europe took that system and expanded it around the world. And so even here in the United States, settler colony was created, genocide was committed, and a capitalist society was, was, was built here. And so this has been done worldwide. That process was called colonialism. And so we oppose the capitalism, and we are opposed in principle to that system being imposed on Africa and other parts of the world. We are opposed to Zionism. Because Zionism is nothing more than another political movement and ideological position that Europeans have the right to colonize other, period, other areas of the world and commit genocide against those people. It has been done worldwide. These are historical facts, so we're fighting against that. It is unprincipled. And right now the Palestinian people are in the forefront of that struggle, armed struggle to defeat uh, Zionism and, and the occupation of Palestine. And then we're opposed to this whole notion of neo-colonialism, where Africans, you know, imperialism made the decision due to the struggles of our people that independence must be granted. We must remove the uh, European administration and make it African so that will quell the uh, the, the, the desires of, of the people to be free or to be independent because we're going to give you that or you're going to win that. But the trick of the trade was they brought into power those who were willing to be accomplices to, it, to the exploitation of our people. And that system is called neocolonialism. And the persons who participate in Africa, the leadership, the government, etc., are active participants in the exploitation of the masses of our people. These are historical facts. 
And so we recognize that to resolve these specific problems that we have, and so when we talk about hunger and poverty and all the other social ills that our people suffer, we can't not only address the symptoms of the problem, because those are symptoms. The problem is that we have, as a people, no power in the world. Africa is not free. And that it is being controlled by imperialism. And the leadership also is, is participating, participating in that process. And the resolution to that contradiction and those issues or our contribution to the, uh, to the struggle against imperialism worldwide is the realization of Pan-Africanism because it means the total liberation and unification of Africa under scientific socialism. And if we're able, and when we're able to bring Pan-Africanism into re- realization, we will make a tremendous contribution to the defeat of imperialism not only in Africa, because that Africa would be free, but to against for all peoples who are suffering under the vestiges of of, of imperialism. And so that the, the the theme is is really a call for all the forces of of, of 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 progress, all those of us who are fighting for socialism and, and all our particular ideological persuasions and what we need to work not necessarily uh, together. It's not about to, but the, we must all intensify our contributions to the struggle against imperialism, against capitalism, against Zionism, and for our people against neocolonialism. It's a must. It is a must. Our people are suffering everywhere around the world. And the only resolution to the exploitation of our people is, is historically clear. Africa must be free under one unified socialist government. And that's why we thought this thing this year would be appropriate as a way to help build a political offensive, an ideological offensive against capitalism and imperialism, against Zionism and the neocolonialism, and, and, and for the liberation of Palestine and for one unified socialist Africa. We are mentioned earlier there are many milestones that have been set for this year. Can you speak a little bit on the 16th anniversary of the existence of the AAPIPGC and that significance? Yes. In in revolution and life and society, uh, there are contradictions. It is the nature of what moves things forward. Um, and, and so we don't see it as a negative. We see it as, 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 as a part of the science. Um, the creation of the, the, the whole notion of an all-African people's revolutionary party uh, is historic. It's, it's very, to me, consistent when, when you look at the uh, Universal Negro Improvement Association, ACL, that that had membership in, in, in different countries, but all African. And uh, in terms of revolutionary struggle, it, it was a, a great idea to, to, to talk about building a party of that quality because there are no other people that have, that have a required need party that 
expand, expands different countries because of the dispersion of our people worldwide. Because in our estimation, all Africans should belong to a Pan-Africanist Revolutionary Party. And so the creation of, of the AAPRP uh, was a great uh, decision. Um, a, and then the, the, the bring it or into, the, into the diaspora was a, was a great decision. And so this is a milestone for the APRP and out of which came some of us who are the uh, founding members, if you call it, of the APRP GC. Um, and so uh, that has been for the last 16 years. So we made the decision that we would work amongst ourselves and continue the work and inherit the work of Nkrumah Ture and Kwame Ture, not to the exclusion of, but as we saw that this process should continue. And uh, that has been our commitment um, and, and, and have been unwavering and will be unwavering uh, as it relates to um, the building of GC um, and its making a genuine contribution to the destruction of capitalism and, and imperialism and Zionism and neocolonialism and, and, and to make a genuine contribution towards the building of a Pan-Africanist party, All-African People's Revolutionary Party that spans the world that is uncompromising that Africa's primary and that Pan-African is the only uh, solution, problems of neocolonialism on the African continent. And so these are the milestones of our struggle, going back to, again to 1884 when we talk about the colonization of Africa and where our revolutionary struggle has taken us to this day. Um, and with these milestones uh, along the way, um, it, it's, it, the, the, the tension and the contention between our forces, the revolutionary force, progressive force, and against imperialism and the capitalism, I think, is evident, uh, it is heightening. Um, so that, you know, the, the milestones and the recognition of history becomes very important. And, and Malcolm said it best that, you know, out of all of our studies, history is, is best qualified to reward our research. And uh, so we have to always make note of the progress that we're making because the enemy will make us think or suggest that we're not making progress. And uh, I think in, in our assessment of this year's African Liberation Day, the fact that there are so many done by so many different uh, organizations and whatnot is a clear example that the struggle against imperialism amongst our people is moving forward. And may I ask you, what role women have played so far in helping to develop the APIPGC? Uh, our sisters have been... Uh, as as the as the men, you know, they would cadre. Uh, we're small, so we make no illusions uh, about that. But when we talk about the role of, of the sisters inside of uh, inside of the, the development of APRP, uh, because they also were, were members of the APRP and the AWRU there, uh, the contributions made there, and then they just uh, that work ethic and and and, and effort just transcended itself into GC. Um, 
without without the sisters, there's there's no party. Uh, and without the acknowledgement of their role and contribution, would be a disservice to to the history of the development of of, of uh, GC of the APRP and the APRP GC. And that just goes along in general with when you when we do history, uh, we have to always assure that we. Um, incorporate all sectors of, of our people, particularly our mm-hmm. sisters, uh, because without them, uh, half the revolution is not in the revolution, or more than half of that, half of our people, because they are the numerical majority. Um, but the, but to the point, uh, the, the, the effort, the contributions are sterling, uh, the contributions are consistent, the contributions um, allow and, and, and help create the conditions even for the, the brothers to better understand uh, how to be correct and just as it relates to the, que- the question of women or women's oppression and as important and one of those conditions necessary of, for uh, helping to uh, women's emancipation. And our final question for you today, we thank you for your time and patience. Um, this 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 institution, African Liberation Day, has been organized by the AAPRPGC, um, seems to have taken a principal position of also con- connecting with the Palestinian struggle. Talk to us a little bit about the Palestinian struggle and why this is significant or that close relationship. Well, we've had... Africa has had uh, similar experiences, not similar experiences, the same experience. Um, again, uh, when let me Walimu, let me stop you for a second, and I have my brother from Ghana, Chelsea uh, for Youth Movement. They've been trying to get in. Can we stop you for a second? We have a brother from Chelsea for Youth Movement. Uh, brother, can you hear us? From the Sagittarius Youth Movement. Can you hear me, my brother? Hello? We've been trying to connect with these brothers today. We're having some issues. Brothers from the Sagittarius Youth Movement. Last four numbers, 7884. 7884. Okay, what we're going to do in Wallamoo, we're going to. We're going to go back to you and come back later to the 7884 number. It's a connection we've been trying to make from Africa, and we know how things are in terms of the difficulties, so we definitely want to bring that call in. But we'll go back to you, and you can finish your point in Wallabo. Go ahead. I had really had, had finished, you know, again, the, the importance of, of showing that, that, that they are represented uh, as, as a general statement, but in, when it relates to APRP and uh, APRPGC, um, you know they they've been selling so, and that's like you just can't uh, minimize the contribution. Just put it that way. But that was that was it. Okay. On that note, we'd like to thank my brother for taking this time out as we celebrate six forty years of sixty four years of African Liberation Day and seventy four years of Palestine and Nakmar Day. What we're going to do right now, we're going to take a rough break. We're going to share another aspect of our culture and through how 
resistance can be used as a important tool when it comes to this question of music. So we're going to celebrate this particular day, Russian Theon Music, for right now. And we'll be back with future peak speakers, and we hopefully we can connect back with our brother back home. Uh, that was them, and I don't know why we're having problems, but we're going to work it out. But right now, we will continue to celebrate African Liberation Day, Palestine Day, 2022. This is Africa on the Move. I'd like to welcome you back to 
African Liberation Day, Palestine Day 2022. Um, throughout this program, we'll be celebrating and we'll be discussing and we'll be learning from various movements and struggles that are taking place around the world, and we'll be having people calling in, sharing their experiences with us, because this is the day we must rededicate ourselves. We must focus, focus and we must not forget that Africa must be unified, liberated, and socialist. And right now you're talking about a, a people who've been struggling against these various forms of oppression, was it through imperialism, Zionism, neocolonialism, you name it. Those are the mighty brothers and sisters of Haiti. And right now we're going to bring in a struggler, a revolutionary brother who's struggling um, in the Haitian movement, Brother Kweku Lamuma. He's from COSA, which is a political organization, social organization in Haiti. And we're going to bring him in and he's going to talk about a little bit about the struggle in Haiti and give his salute to this year African Liberation Day. So at this point in time, Brother Kweku, Welcome to After Liberation Day, Palestine Day. Glad to be here. Glad to be a part of advancing African liberation and the worldwide freedom struggle towards smashing imperialism and liberating all of our brothers and sisters throughout the planet. Thank you. Well, it's very cool, like always, you know, as a revolutionary on the ground. He has the status, the president of the status of our brothers and sisters in Haiti. And, um, how we can make these connections. We will have to further along the road with our liberation. Yes, and we want to make sure that we express our solidarity with our brothers and sisters who are commemorating the uh, Nakba because it is those same imperialist forces that have been colonizing our brothers and sisters in Palestine, those same Zionists, those same empires that have been doing similar to our brothers and sisters in IET. They've been doing that in Palestine since the 1940s. They've been doing it in IET since the 19-teens. And the same military kind of force that we see the Israel or the Zionist Israeli forces use against our brothers and sisters in Palestine, those same weapons are then made by the United States, for example, and then used and shipped down to IET to send their troops or send their proxies to do the same sort of colonizing effort to get resources in IET and gain geostrategic control in IET and in the southern region, that hinge region of the Caribbean and South America. The same way that they use the Zionist state that is colonizing Palestine to get that hinge control over the Arabian Peninsula and over our brothers and sisters across Africa, Northern Africa and Northeast Africa in particular. And so we see how this correlates, how this history of liberation struggle in IET is a direct correlation to the liberation struggle in Palestine. And so we are brothers and sisters in this struggle and we must extend solidarity because it is the same forces that we are fighting against. And we must lend support and credence to that struggle so that when one brother and sisters group or one comrade organization in Palestine is victorious. The Palestine, the organizations and the comrades in IET can be victorious too. So we can deal a double blow to imperialism so that they're not strengthened in any one area of the world. But when they're weakened in one area, they're weakened in another so that we can advance the cause of African liberation and true liberation wherever we happen to be. 
So we're grateful to have this opportunity. We're grateful on the fifth annual occasion of commemorating African Liberation Day in Haiti, which was organized by COSA. We are grateful on this occasion in which um, we have African liberations commemorated on radio like yours and on the ground throughout the African world. We'll be attending another African Liberation Day event today as soon as we finish our um, statement here. And so we just want to extend that solidarity to our brothers and sisters, both in Palestine and in Haiti. The struggle continues and victory is certain, and we are glad to be a part of that struggle. You know, Brother Kweku, uh, when we talk about the Haitian struggle, we got connected dots. And when we talk about imperialism, we also talk about the role of these two political parties, which in reality they are the same party. That's the Democratic and Republican Party. What role has the historical play continued to play as it relates to the oppression of our people? And I raise this question with you in the context of this whole process of this whole process of confusing the Africans in the United States to participate in parties that are directly opposed to their people, freedom, and liberation. Your response to that? Well, thank you for that question because that's valuable because this is an election year in the United States, and we have a lot of particularly African people who are going to the polls to automatically vote for uh, Democrats because they're afraid of Trump and they're afraid of Donald Trump's influence in the United States. It harkens back to some of the, uh, some of the ironically Democrat repressions um, of Jim Crow, some of the Democrat racism that we were dealing with and fighting against all through until the freedom struggle of the uh, 1960s. And then we finally got the Democrats to flip and decide that they're going to be on our side for their benefit. And we have to understand that, that they did that in the 1960s. They passed those bills after we had led nearly 2,000 revolts in this country. We must have to say, we have to say that. That was a freedom struggle in which the only reason the Democratic Party bended to our will at all is because we had led upwards of 2,000 freedom struggles or rebellions in this country. That was not a nonviolent struggle. That was not a nonviolent march that led to those changes. It was violent rebellions that led them to compromise and organize a, a truce, if you will, with the nonviolent sector of the African freedom struggle, which was represented by Martin Luther King Jr., the late, great Martin Luther King Jr., because they did not want to deal with the alternative, which was represented at, at one time. Um, that they mentioned by the Stokely Carmichael slash um, Kwame Ture of the day. And so we have to really understand that if we want change in this country, it doesn't come by simply voting down the ballot for somebody who is dressed in blue. It doesn't come simply by casting a ballot, period, but it comes by organization on our part, whether it's violent or nonviolent, but we have to be organized for our own benefit because the Democrats will not save us, the Republicans will not save us, even going back to when the Republicans worked for our uh, emancipation. We're talking about Abraham Lincoln at that point in which the Republican Party was the party of emancipation for the Civil War. It wasn't because of the Republican Party that we got emancipation. It was because of Africans, both free and enslaved, who organized themselves in militias, in groups of colored infantry that then fought 
talking again about violent rebellions. So they had to make a deal that these Africans who have organized themselves according to violent rebellion in this nation, like had never been seen before, are now setting the stage for emancipation and guaranteeing it through the barrel of a gun, not through nonviolent marches. And so it's because they don't want to deal with our continued revolt. They don't want to deal with our continued rebellion, as in IET, as in Palestine, that they are willing to make compromises with nonviolent sides or sectors of the freedom struggle. So we have to always remember that, people, African people, without any violent rebellion, we would not be free at any point in history. We would not have advanced our freedom struggle. It's not because of the Democrats, and it's not because of the Republicans, because we see what they've done in the Zionist state of Israel in sanctioning that. We see what they've done in IEP with corrupt elections and massacres at the hands of the United Nations and U.S. Marines. We see what they've sanctioned. So they are not our saviors. The vote will not save us. Organization and clear African socialist principles will lead us to victory, as it does every time, time and time again. Thank you. And Brother Lumuma, to have a great appreciation of the Haitian people and their struggle, can you briefly talk about this whole history of Haiti being the symbol for liberation? There are no country in the Western Hemisphere um, that has typified has the history or truly represent this question of liberation and fight for freedom in Haiti. We know that Haiti had a big influence and continue to have influence on the movements and struggles that took place in, in, in Central South America, in the Caribbean islands, as well as you alluded, even inside the United States. Can you talk a little bit about Haiti's role or trying to liberate the Africans um, at the time when they were even trying to um, fight off the rest of these European forces um, from the East that come, came from Europe? Yes, absolutely. That's what Haiti was created for. Haiti has been our military base for generations. That is what it was created for. People don't really appreciate that when Haiti was liberated and it was established as a an independent nation, the plan, the architectural plan for the island was to establish forts throughout and make it one large fort use the topography of the nation, the, all the mountainous um, land, to be able to coordinate these tunnels that have been established by our ancestors there and continue by our ancestors thereafter for strategic purposes so that soldiers could pop up on different places of the island without being detected by enemies, that you could have forts on the top of mountains, that you can see all of the land even to the oceans so you could see enemies coming before they could see where you were. So our ancestors were genius in this way. And it was a place in which anyone, not just Africans, mind you, but anyone who was seeking freedom could set foot on the soil and be free, guaranteed to be free and not be enslaved. So that meant our brothers and sisters in Palestine, for example, if they were coming to seek freedom and supply and aid for their revolutionary efforts, they could get both of those in revolutionary IET just as Simon Bolivar did when he was failing in his revolution in Latin America. He came to the shores of IT to get reprieve 
and to get resources to bolster his revolution. And he did so successfully. And the condition that was given to him upon aid from IET was not only do you struggle to decolonize this space in Latin America, but you must end enslavement. And so that is how IET came into the picture. And we have nations in IET in the same way that you see emerging independent nations in Africa adopt the red, black, and green of the Marcus Garvey, UNIA, ACL, because of its impact on their psychology and their philosophy of struggle. You have the same phenomena happen in Latin America with the Haitian flag, the red and the blue, infused into a number of flags in Latin America. Just check it out. Even Venezuela is a good example. Um, Venezuela is the best example because their flag was made in IET. But it's not the only flag in Latin America that has the, the blue and the red infused in lines in their flag. And that is a tribute to the aid of the Haitian revolutionaries to the liberation of Latin America. And so you see this continued thread of Haitian solidarity with freedom struggles throughout the world because that is what IET was established for. It wasn't just a peaceful, passive nation. It was a nation for fomenting revolution and guaranteeing victory throughout the African world and throughout the world that was being oppressed, oppressed by imperialism. So we are grateful for that history of a nation that was established for the purpose of overthrowing and ending the imperialist paradigm of its day and guaranteeing that it would not rise again. And so we need IET. We need not only the legacy, but we need to continue the struggle that IET represents, whether it is in IET, whether it is in Palestine, or whether it is in the United States of America. We need to continue that struggle against imperialism because our ancestors commissioned it, and the struggle is not yet over. And I'll find a question for you, my brother, is that, is that give us some, some, some thoughts on, since this is African Liberation Day, Palestine Day, uh, some final thoughts on this question of making sure Africa becomes a mainstay, a permanent stay in our daily lives as the focal point as we fight for our liberation and freedom. Your thoughts on that and also speak to how can the people find more about your organization and support it? Thank you. Well, the the importance of Africa being a mainstay, and I'll use IET as an example again. Those African revolutionaries in IET had been fighting and struggling for 300 years before they found success in 1804. So we have to remember that it wasn't some situation where they had only started struggling against enslavement and imperialism for 14 years and they got successful. So when people ask, well, how did they do it? We have to replicate that. It's 300 years of struggle that led to victory. So there's no replication of history. There's only lessons that we learn from history so that we can do better than our ancestors did and we can continue to build on what our ancestors did. But one of the things that they did that we have to learn from is that they initiated Pan-Africanism within their struggle so that they could pull from that and recognize that, yes, we have been pulled together as desperate nations from different places that speak different languages and have different cultures to a degree and different histories. 
But in coming together, they formed what we see in Vodou as a cultural phenomenon of 21 nations, which is really more than 21 nations, but the, the popular um, saying is 21 nations. But what it represents is a council of nations coming together before the United Nations existed, before the League of Nations existed, before the African Union existed, before the Organization of African Unity existed, a council of nations, of African nations coming together in unity and being preserved to the point of being able to successfully unite and fight against imperialism and win in a way that we were not able to see anywhere else in the world at that, up to that point. So that precedent of African unity is what we have to remember, that as Africans, they had Guinea as what they call Africa in that time and still today in Vodou. Guinea was at the center of their struggle. And it was irrespective of whatever nation you happen to originate from, because all nations were lifted up in the unity of Guinea. So in that same way, we as African people who have ancestry coming from all over the continent have to lift up Africa at the center of our struggle if we want to be victorious and lift up all the nations that we happen to have come from, the old kingdoms and the new. But remember that Africa is central to our struggle and that only if we unite do we have any effort or any outcome of victory against imperialism. And that is the guarantee of our victories is Africa at the center of what we do. And talk about your organization, how do people can support it? Yes, thank you for that. The organization Combit Citoyen Socialiste for Soviet that is a socialist organization which we call COSA for short. And we want to make sure that you can get to that website. The website is K O S S S A dot com. That's K O S S S A dot com for information and connection with the external relations office via the website. If you are able to call a US based number for the external relations office, then the number is four zero four eight eight four six six three eight. That's four zero four eight eight four six six three eight.
And he was taken 
Man, I want you to give me a listen to you as an update. What's going on in the Congo? Wow. Uh, really, uh, what's at the forefront of the Congo right now? Uh, uh, Brother Lee is an imperialist uh, war of aggression uh, that's been unfolding really for the past quarter century, the past 25 years. And uh, proxies of the United States, primarily Rwanda and, and Uganda, Rwanda led by Paul Kagame, Uganda led by Yari Museveni, uh, waged a, a war against the, the heart of the African continent uh, in an effort to destabilize the, the richest uh, piece of real estate that we have, as black people have on the planet. And uh, as a result of that, we've seen a tremendous loss of life uh, up to at least 6 million Africans, black people, have perished as a result of this uh, war of aggression being led by uh, the Western proxies. Uh, and I have to single out Paul Kagame as uh, the main uh, culprit in this undertaking. Uh, and know a lot of black folks, uh, both at home and abroad, look up to him and see him as a pan-Africanist or doing positive things in Rwanda. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, those are people who have been uh, subject to uh, Western propaganda, uh, a media creation uh, of a fictional character uh, that uh, revolves a, a large number of people, unfortunately, have uh, swallowed wholeheartedly. Uh, but uh, Kagame, who uh, some people say claims the Pan-Africanist, uh, it's uh, applied for membership in both uh, the Commonwealth of Nations, which is a, these are colonial relic of the British Empire, and the Francophonie, a colonial relic of the French Empire. And not only has he done that, but has also uh, sought the leadership of those institutions. Uh, his former foreign minister currently leads uh, the Francophonie, and apparently he's going to assume the presidency of the, the Commonwealth of Rwanda. Uh, so what we've seen is that uh, uh, from Boris Johnson to Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, a series of uh, U.S. presidents, British presidents have used uh, Kagame as a proxy for uh, not only destabilizing different parts of the African continent, but also facilitating uh, the plunder uh, of the continent, particularly the heart of the continent. Uh, so as recently as uh, this past week, uh, we've seen an uptick in the violence in the east of the country that has uh, many people uh, uh, concerned uh, that uh, there will be uh, no end uh, to this uh, low, what has become a low-intensity war of aggression against the Congolese people. So you have young people in the country, uh, even some of the uh, uh, elites, uh, finally coming to their senses and and challenging uh, Kagame. But what we've seen, uh, we've not seen, unfortunately, is uh, a formula that we know uh, has worked in the past in confronting both Kagame and the uh, imperialist forces that, uh, that back him, and that is calling on fellow African states. Uh, last time there was this... Uh, uh, type of aggression, level of aggression, we saw uh, the former Kabila reach out to 
So Lauren Desiree Kabila, that is, uh, reach out to Zimbabwe, uh, reach out to Angola, reach out to Namibia, nations uh, in the Southern African development community, which arguably, arguably strongest block on the African continent in terms of regional bloc that has resisted uh, the intrigues of uh, the imperialists. Uh, we saw the tremendous pressure that they tried to bring to bear in, uh, in conducting or orchestrating, trying to orchestrate a regime change in Zimbabwe. Uh, but if it wasn't for the strength of the Southern African development community, uh, they probably would have been successful. Um, so uh, the Congo, when it beat back uh, Rwanda and Uganda in 96 or in 98, it was because it uh, reached out to its fellow member, regional members in the Southern African development community. So we hope that uh, the leadership will do that again and call on Angola, call on South Africa. Even South Africa has uh, troops inside of the Congo right now combating militia groups that are backed by uh, Kagame. Uh, I think Malawi and even uh, to some extent uh, uh, Tanzania as well. And so that's really the most critical challenge um, facing the Congo right now as it relates to the question of security and, of course, the ongoing plunder uh, that uh, has been in place for uh, decades, uh, even over a century, is, uh, is that uh, has been heightened as well because of the world's need uh, for cobalt, which powers the green energy industry, from electric cars uh, to uh, wind turbines uh, to recharge, just anything that has to do with rechargeable batteries. So we see companies like Tesla, uh, Glencore, uh, incidentally, who was just fined some $300 plus million by the British and the uh, U.S. Uh, for corrupt, corrupt practices in the, in the Congo. And when you see companies like Glencore or even Archziff, which is a Wall Street hedge fund, being fined by the U.S. Justice Department or uh, British uh, government, you know these are companies that have gone way beyond the pale uh, in terms of the plunder of uh, natural resources uh, in, the, uh, in the Congo. Uh, so uh, Glencore is one of those uh, culprits. So we have uh, several pronged attack. Uh, and when I say the Congo, I mean, we're talking about a state that was created by Europeans, but we're talking, what we're talking about is the heart of the African continent. So it should be of concern to all Africans. We're not talking about a, a nation state. We're not having a nation state discussion where we're saying, oh, Congolese are under attack or you know, uh, which means like, oh, that's the affairs of the Congo. We're talking about uh, African people who are under attack that are located in arguably the most strategic part of the African continent in a geographic area that was central to Kwame Nkrumah's United States of Africa, Kwame Nkrumah's Pan-African project. So that's what's under attack. So if that's under attack, that means Pan-Africanism is under attack. means black people globally are under attack. means that the African global family is under attack. Uh, and that stooges, or what uh, 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 Sankara would call agents of neocolonialism, 
are being instrumentalized and weaponized in order to lead that attack. And what that means is then it demands a response from black people globally, from pan-Africanists globally, from the global African family. So that's a central call and message that we have today, that there's been a 25-year, and the latest phase, let's say, 25 years is the latest phase of uh, the attack on the heart of the African continent, uh, which has been at the epicenter of the over 500 years assault on black people and Africans. Do we talk about the extraction of Africans uh, through work in the fields in the West, or do we talk about uh, the extraction of uh, natural resources to feed the industrialization of the West, or whether right now we're talking about the extraction of natural resources to power uh, the technological advances of the West. Uh, and the Africans in the heart of the motherland are paying the dearest price. So uh, we are Friends of the Congo making uh, an appeal uh, for all Africans uh, to come to the defense of the heart of the motherland and and the spirit of Lumumba, where he, from the grave, made the appeal. He said, said to his fellow Congolese, we're not alone. Africa, Asia, free and liberated people from every corner of the world will always be found on the side of the Congolese. So we're asking each and every one uh, to respond uh, to Lumumba's call and be at the side of the Congolese as they face a, a withering attack uh, from uh, imperialists, and their and their agents. And I think, Brother Maurice, when you're talking about Paul McGonney and the other reactionary neocolonial forces, I don't think they have any evil based upon now they have U.S. military troops on the ground in that area, in that region, Africon. Talk about their role or even intensifying the oppression of their people, the rural Africon. How, how are they played out in that particular region? Well, uh, as you, you probably already know, um, brother, uh, AFRICOM developed in 2008 uh, was uh, accelerated by the first uh, black president in the United States by some 2,000% uh, from the time that uh, President Obama took office in 2008 till he left office that we saw a 2,000% increase in the militarization of the African continent. In fact, just a few days uh, around his uh, inauguration in, in 2009, AFRICOM had delivered increased equipment, uh, military equipment, uh, to the Rwandan uh, government. And that was a foreshadowing of what was to, to, to come, uh, where we saw the climax of uh, AFRICOM's destructive practices on the African continent uh, with its uh, collaboration, working in cahoots uh, with the North Atlantic Treaty Organization uh, to conduct regime change in Libya, thus not only destabilizing Libya, uh, but um, the entire uh, Sahel uh, region of the African continent uh, stretching from Burkina Faso right through to uh, up through to uh, to to Mali, uh, the, to Guinea, you just name it. The entire Sahel region uh, was uh, destabilized by this 
a collaboration between NATO and AFRICOM. So uh, AFRICOM is uh, still very much uh, in effect. Uh, just this past week, uh, they were celebrating their relationship with the Rwandan government, um, Paul Kagame, and the leaders of uh, African Command are doing photo ops, um, talking about uh, strengthening of their ties. Um, uh, we see that uh, they're not backing down at all, especially um, considering uh, that the United States, uh, well, as far as it is concerned, uh, is engaged in a, quote-unquote, new Cold War or at the very least, great power competition, where uh, they see both Russia and uh, China as uh, competitors uh, for sphere control of spheres of influence, control of resources on the African continent, and the United States not being able to keep up with China economically has unleashed uh, what it knows what to do is to... uh, uh, pursue a, a path of violence and uh, advance its, uh, its, uh, its military operations, and, and it has done so, has done so at war speed on the African continent uh, under the guise of uh, great power competition and trying to curb uh, the influence of, uh, of China, the economic influence of China, trying to curb the security or the military influence of Russia uh, with a particular focus on the so-called uh, or the Wagner Group. Uh, so with uh, this framing of the U.S. Uh, trying to control different uh, parts of the African continent, uh, AFRICOM has uh, been um, central in that, uh, in that undertaking uh, with, uh, that has result, resulted in the hyper-militarization of the African continent. So Africa is very much uh, still in, uh, in force on the continent, and uh, there are a number of campaigns we saw. See the Black Alliance for Peace, for example, calling for Africa to be shut down, and uh, progressive uh, left forces uh, uh, here in the United States have a special responsibility in putting pressure on the Congressional Black Caucus in particular and the members of Congress in general uh, to shut down Africa to uh, reduce the funding for Africans. So that's, uh, we are very much in, uh, in alignment with, uh, with those positions. You know, Brother Maurice, it's, it's, you know, there's a saying that there will come a time where you, where, where you, you know your enemy. It'll be uh, clear to the world, you know, who are your friends, who are your enemy. It seems to me, based upon what information I have gathered and based upon my research, that the U.S. imperialism has has a disdain for Africa, African people. They have no regard for for, for Africa, African people. Whether they were born and living inside of its, ter- its so-called territory that they have taken from indigenous people called um, America or anywhere else, we talk about this whole question of human rights. While at the same time, you just talk about this tremendous tremendous issue of oppression that is taking place in the Congo and around the region. We look at their systems in Palestine, how they are just outright genociding the Palestinian people. 
We go to Cuba, a country that has done nothing to nobody but want to help everybody. The genocide blockade they have against Cuba. We see how this policy is trying to destabilize or overthrow um, the people in Venezuela, which has a large uh, African population. This has been its practice in its history. I'm just wondering, um, Brother Maurice, from your perspective, what can be done more to drive those points I just raised in the heads and minds of African people today inside and outside America? Brother, what you shared is is so critical um, because it's under the guise or the auspices of uh, white supremacy that the U.S. uh, demonstrates or exhibits uh, its lack of concern or fear or or value for for African African life. And uh, I'll give you two examples of of where I I think it's really important for us in terms of the political education. Uh, uh, We saw... Uh, recently, I think it was last month, uh, in Grand Rapids, where the domestic arm of U.S. security forces took out another brother, Patrick Leroya, who's from the Democratic Republic of Congo in, uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And what we to share with the Congolese brothers and uh, African brothers is that Patrick wasn't taken out because he was Congolese. You know, he wasn't killed by uh, Michigan police or Grand Rapids police because he was an immigrant. Um, He was killed because he was an African. There was a a lack of value uh, for his, his life. And there was also... And because of that lack of value, uh, the police know that if they take this life out, there won't be any consequences, uh, neither from uh, the state itself, uh, the so-called justice system, or even uh, from Africans. So one of the uh, aims that we're pushing is for uh, Congolese and Ugandans and Guineans and other Africans, and I'm mentioning countries from which the so-called immigrants have been uh, mown down here in the United States, uh, whether it was in California with a Ugandan brother or back uh, with uh, uh, a Guinean brother in, uh, in, in, in New York uh, in the late 1990s. Uh, we uh, with uh, Amadou uh, Diallo, we 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 have to see an attack on uh, individuals as an attack on Africans. Uh, that means that uh, not only Congolese government should respond to what took place with Patrick here, but uh, the entire African Union, the entire uh, the African continent, uh, so that uh, we put the value on on uh, African life, uh, you know, not only by our response, uh, but, but by also having consequences. Like, if you keep killing black folks in the United States, you're not going to get the cobalt Tesla. 
you know, for your uh, automobile. Uh, you're not going to get the cobalt apple for the batteries in your iPad and your, your iPhones. Uh, to put real consequences uh, behind uh, uh, taking off uh, of African life. That's on one hand. On the other hand, uh, we have to educate uh, young Africans as to the need uh, for them to express uh, not only Pan-Africanism but internationalism in standing with, with Cuba, in standing with uh, Venezuela, in standing with uh, those nations uh, that have come under the withering attack of U.S. imperialism. And, and we are doing that. Uh, we are connecting young Africans with, uh, with youth movements, uh, progressive forces uh, in Cuba, in Venezuela, really throughout uh, Latin America. And we believe that uh, African youth have a tremendous amount to learn uh, from the movements in Latin America and how it is that they've been uh, successful in fighting against U.S. imperialism, how it is that we see a growing uh, leftward movement throughout Latin America in spite of uh, the withering attack that uh, we've seen from the United States, uh, for example, with its uh, coups in, in, uh, in Bolivia, in uh, getting rid of our brother, uh, Abel Morales, uh, only for the people to organize and put uh, another left leader in place uh, for by its, its uh, soft power institutions, its attack on its soft power institutions, the National Down for Democracy and International Republican Institute and uh, all of those who are trying to corrupt youth in, uh, in Cuba. And we see the response uh, from the Cuban population uh, to those attacks. So uh, it's so vital for us to educate our African brothers and sisters about the nature of U.S. imperialism, how it operates not only in the, uh, in the continent, uh, how the domestic wing of uh, U.S. imperialism, which is the police state in the United States, functions uh, in its attack against black people, and how U.S. imperialism uh, is at work in Latin America and the need uh, for that solidarity uh, by uh, progressive African youth, uh, Pan-Africanists, uh, with uh, countries like, uh, like Cuba, uh, and Venezuela, uh, and those uh, left-leaning countries in Latin America, Nicaragua, has come under a uh, withering attack from, uh, from U.S. imperialism. And when you see the progressive forces in Bolivia is coming back and came back in power. So they're definitely on the right road and definitely need to um, be known in solidarity, but we need to be um, surely critically connected to these squiggles because they all interconnect. Um, Brother Maurice, if I can get you to just speak to the issue of just we celebrated 64 years of African Liberation Day and 74 years of Palestine and Nakba Day as institutions. We know wherever there is oppression, there will be resistance. And just like this longevity of institutions, means just a continuation to get our liberation and freedom. Just talk a little bit about, in general, this institutional importance of African Liberation Day, Palestine Day, from your perspective. Uh, it's, it's so vital, and you put your 
finger right on the button and, and, and talking about the, the resistance. Uh, our, I think I shared with you last time we were on uh, that one of our efforts uh, on the ground uh, was to make sure uh, that we uh, played our role in connecting African youth, Congolese youth in particular at this time, uh, to the Palestinian youth and the struggles that are unfolding in, the, in Palestine and uh, the resistance of the people uh, against uh, the Israeli uh, Zionist state. And uh, we saw that as our role in making uh, uh, these Congolese youth keenly aware of the importance of, uh, of Palestine and being in solidarity with the Palestinian struggle. And this is no small task, uh, Brotherly, because uh, in the, the, the Congo, uh, part of the challenge of the Congo is the whole question of, of religion. And uh, the elite in the Congo are deeply religious. And they see uh, the Israel, and not so much through the lens of an oppressive state, but as a homeland of a, of a faith, the Judeo-Christian faith. And recently this was uh, articulated by the Congolese president, Felix Chesichetti, uh, who had come to the United States, I think it was within the past year, uh, to, to speak at the uh, American-Israeli Public Affairs Committee, APAC, conference. And in speaking there, he invoked uh, the notion of Israel being the land of the chosen people. So this is the kind of thinking that the leadership of Congo is promoting. Uh, Therefore, it is so vital uh, for us uh, to lay out for uh, African youth uh, the uh, another view outside of the scope of the religious dogma that's being pushed on them by not only their elites, but also uh, faith groups throughout the nation and their educational institutions. Uh, so that's, that's one uh, part uh, of the political education uh, process that uh, we've undertaken with, uh, with Congolese youth uh, to uh, make clear uh, the connection and their duty and responsibility to be in support of the Palestinian struggle and how that's uh, uh, intimately tied to their struggle for freedom and liberation uh, in the Congo uh, itself. And then, of course, uh, they cannot embrace Lumumba uh, without uh, following the tradition of African uh, Liberation Day. Uh, it was in the uh, historical epoch of the All-African People's Revolutionary or All-African People's Conference in 1958, uh, uh, the December conference, that we see Lumumba actually gaining, uh, establishing his footing as a, or coming out of it and establishing his footing as a radical force for change in the, in the Congo and in Africa. And 
So the Congolese youth of today who are embracing Lumumba and call Lumumba's name and say they're Lumumbas, uh, cannot do that without embracing the tradition itself of African uh, Liberation Day, which is a product uh, of uh, the uh, Nkrumah's conferences, is a product of the ultimate forming of the organization, African unity. Uh, so we uh, encourage the Congolese youth to, to study that history, to draw upon it, and also to continue it. And uh, they do that. Just a few days ago, they uh, joined with their brothers and sisters in different parts of the continent in commemorating African Liberation Day, rejecting <laughs> the, uh, the problem that has been tried to push on them uh, by elite leaders of calling for commemoration of Africa Day, just change, taking liberation entirely out of it, taking the, uh, the radicalism entirely out of it and trying to make uh, the undertaking a ceremonial one as opposed to the continuation of a, uh, a radical pursuit uh, for a fundamental uh, change and liberation of the African continent to, uh, to rid it of uh, colonial, neo-colonialist and imperialist forces. So uh, that is the path that we, we have been, um, been uh, pursuing in terms of the political education of the youth so that they're clear uh, about their responsibility uh, based on the tradition that they say uh, that they're embracing. And Brother Bobby's last question we just asked you to talk about your organization a little bit and how can we contribute to it? How can we support it? How can we join it? We want the friends of the Congo to become a powerful force because to do that means you have Mother Africa, Mother Africa to move forward. Thank you, Brother. Uh, people know Friends of the Congo. They can catch us on social media, at Congo Friends, whether it's Twitter, Twitter IG, or, or Facebook, our website, friendsofthecongo.org. Uh, give us a call in the office. They'll catch us from 9 to 5 uh, at uh, 202-584-6512, 202-584-6512. And uh, the, really the best type of support that they can give is what you're doing uh, brother, and giving us a platform to engage your network, to share uh, the work uh, that uh, that we're doing, and uh, by sharing the work that we're doing, you can be aware and and uh, support that support that effort. We uh, just had a brother who uh, went to the Congo and came back, and we have two who are going uh, next week. Um, so uh, sign up with us, join our email list. Um, so you can get a report back uh, from the ground uh, and also we encourage you to connect with us so we can connect you with the young people on the ground, with the youth on the ground who are at the forefront uh, of the movements in the Congo, both in the cities and where most uh, Africans live in the country, in the in rural area, in rural Africa. Uh, there's just a, uh, an incredible fight uh, that's being um, uh, waged in terms of organizing, educating, and mobilizing rural uh, Congo. We're talking about, uh, you know, you know the landscape of the African continent and rural areas. We're talking about people getting on boats, uh, people walking, uh, people 
going to the far reaches, one of the villages in which we support. They have a local radio station. It was just came under attack by uh, bandits and uh, the military, and uh, they need to rebuild their radio station. It was it's a uh, it was a form of communication for them where they're able to uh, share uh, news and information. So if people want to contribute to the supporting and rebuilding of the radio station and uh, re, uh, uh, the crops that were destroyed and the attack that came in the village, they can go to friendsofthecongo.org and just make a donation and say, hey, we're contributing to that revolutionary village in northeast Congo. Uh, Tulawa was the name of the village in the Isangi district. Uh, that we know uh, is uh, on the forefront of carrying on the tradition of Lumumba, self-sufficiency, self-determination, pan-Africanism. So uh, those are some of the ways in which people can support our work better. My brother, we'd like to thank you for celebrating with us this year, African Liberation Day, Palestine, and Oxford Day, 2022. We thank you, and Let's continue to work together and um, to unity. All things are possible. We thank you. Thank you, brother. Something's on. All right, you've been listening, brother Maurice Connie. He's an organizer and representative of Friends of the Congo. What we're going to do right now? We're going to continue our celebration. This is a celebration for African Liberation Day, Palestine Day, sixty-four years of AID and seventy-four years of Palestine and Nakba Day. We're going to continue to use music as a tool for liberation, and when we come back, we will continue discussion and have other people who will be coming in, sharing their views, their perspectives on the movements in relation to Africa and the need to let's get organized and fight for Africa total liberation and unification on a scientific social government. This is Brother Africa from Africa on the Move. This program has been... Coordinated, coordinated by, and sponsored by, and supported by the All African People's Revolutionary Party GC, with its co-host, the National Council of Arab Americans, and Brother Jafar Shibari, as well as you truly. So let's bring on the music and continue to celebrate. Only talk. 
you go make you manya manya. The next is in manya manya. Oh yeah, make you go da, go da, go ma Africa, go da, hey. Make it happen, yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody, go da, go da, go ma Africa, go da, hey. Make it happen, yeah, 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 yeah. It's wonder, sara sara. The beat is tana tana. You go make you manya manya. The next is in manya manya. This is for people with talata.
celebration as we continue to move forward with this institution, Africa Liberation Day. This year's theme is unleashing an offensive of 64 years of African Liberation Day, intensifying the revolutionary struggle against capitalism and imperialism. Zionism and neocolonialism, forward to Pan-Africanism, one unified socialist Africa. That's the theme under the banner of the AAPRPGC, co-sponsorship with the National Council of Arab America, along with this station, Africa on the Move, which is a community project under the direction of the African Awareness Association. We welcome you back. Uh, at this point in time, what we're going to do, we're going to bring in Brother Anthony. He's the organizer for the AAPRPGC, and he's going to share some of the solidarity messages that has came in for this African Liberation Day in honoring this institution and the AAPRPGC. Welcome, Anthony, to African Liberation Day, Palestine Day. Can you hear me, Brother Anthony? Okay, while we wait for Brother Anthony to come in, what we're going to do, I believe, at this point in time, we have with us Brother John. Can you hear me, Brother John? 
Uh, Brother Africa, I hear you loud and clear, and you and Brother Anthony and all the sisters and brothers uh, who organized this event, uh, congratulations, uh, solidarity. Uh, the AAPRPGC is carrying on uh, this honorable tradition, and, and I personally, I'm a relative newcomer. I've only been observing Africa Solidarity Day for a little over 40 years. And I, I know that this is the 69th year. Uh, I, I'd like to share with with the group some of the memories from back in the 1980s. Uh, so, and I, and I think and John, that might, John, yes. John, before we do, before we do that, can we just properly give you your due? In terms of letting our listening audience know that you are John Standback, you represent the Hiroshima Nakasaki Peace Committee of the National Capital Area. Welcome to African Liberation Day, Palestine Day. Thank you, Brother Africa. Sorry about that. And 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 also to mention that our group works with A-bomb survivors, and we have a long history with uh, AAPRPGC uh, working with uh, the Japanese and working with the A-bomb survivors. So so it's a it's a pleasure. And and I remember when I first moved to DC in '81. Uh, that we, we had African Liberation Day events in Malcolm X Park. Uh, and I would estimate that we sometimes had as many as 50,000 people and perhaps more. I mean, we filled the upper park, and there would be vendors up and down 16th Street and 15th Street, maybe 100 or more vendors, and it was a big community day. And uh, it's because of African Liberation Day that, uh, Africa became liberated from the colonialists, and of course uh, now today it's uh, neo-colonialism and it's corporate imperialism, and uh, it's what uh, France Fanon talked about: uh, black, uh, white mass, black faces, and and we know that reality, and we know that the the big uh, uh, institutions that are carrying out the Neocolonialism are the IMF and the World Bank, uh, and that in recent years, starting under Bush, but really, really taking effect under Obama and now being uh, uh, steamrolled with Biden is AFRICOM. And uh, just just this last week, uh, the United States is sending approximately 200 troops back into Somalia. So. The point is that we've been struggling for many years together and uh, that the struggle continues. There's a lot of work left to be done. But on the other hand, I think that there are very positive developments. So this uh, NATO-initiated war, U.S.-initiated war, proxy war, U.S. proxy war, let's be clear, in Ukraine uh, has not resulted in the majority of the world's people, you know, stampeding to condemn uh, Russia inside with the United States. No, uh, to, be, to be clear, the vast majority of the world's people, including uh, South Africa and including uh, uh, India and including China and Indonesia, you know, are basically saying, you know, we're not going to get involved in this war. So it's a new world is being born as we speak, and this is in no small respect due to the fact that we have never stopped struggling. We will never stop struggling. I, I would say Aluta Continua is 
struggle continues. Congratulations to AAPRP uh, GC. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Brother John. Brother John, can you just just talk a little bit about the connection between the nuclear movement and this whole question of um, this whole question dealing with oppression around the globe as it relates to uh, Western imperialism, U.S. imperialism. Uh, how does the nuclear movement tie to the Pan-Africanism? Just talk about some similarities and how they tie in so folks will understand that, that phenomenon. So it's a, it's a big issue, Brother Africa, and someday we need to do a, a program specifically about that. And, and, and I'll help you do that. If you want to do it, we'll, we'll put together a good channel on that. But let me just give one tiny example. Uh, so, so nuclear weapons have been used over and over and over again. Uh, Arjun Makajani, our friend Arjun Makajani, together a book with John Kelly from the old Counterspy magazine, and they called it Target Japan. And in that book, they talked about how many times since the 1940s all the way up until the 2000s, the United States, mainly the United States, over and over and over again, threatened to use nuclear weapons against Iraq, against uh, uh, Vietnam, against China. Over and over again, they threatened to use nuclear weapons, mostly against third world countries, mostly against countries that did not possess weapons. And so nuclear weapons about, are about maintaining control. And so when Mao Zedong talked about nuclear weapons being a paper tiger, he, he understood that basically they're, they're about control, but they can only be used if we let them maintain the control. So, so we can't be afraid of nuclear weapons. They can't stop us from, from our, our, our task at hand, and that is to speak truth to power and to continue our mutual struggle until imperialism is kind of smashed, until we've gotten rid of capitalism, until we you know, build a new collective world of peace and justice and environmental sanity. So, so let's do a program on the nuclear issue some one of these days, uh, Brother Africa. And we accept your invite, and we'll do just that. And what I was just going to say, John, right now, just give people your final thoughts in general as it relates to, um, you know, what's going on today and how you see this institution of Africa Liberation Day, Palestine Day, playing a role in future struggle movements. Because we talk about a history of 64 years of consistent resistance and 74 years. So here we talk about permanent organization here. But the struggle is something that's permanent. It doesn't just go away. Just your response. And, and that's the whole point. It is, it is continuing for 69 days, and every year we, we come together, we, we celebrate Africa Liberation Day. And, and in a sense, Africa Liberation Day is the glue that, that holds us together and that gives us uh, uh, motivation, and it's a, it's a time to recommit ourselves. A lot of us came to African liberation from different directions. For example, I'm a settler. So for me, it's solidarity. It's, it's being an ally. It's being a good uh, you know, follower. 
in the in the struggle. For for others, it's you know such as Sister Samine, it's being on the front lines of of the revolution and risking her her life. So, but all of us have a role to play. And and African Liberation Day and that struggle is a big part of the glue that holds us all together. So. So I, I'm just honored that I would be invited to participate in this wonderful program. And, John, that last question before we let you go is that can I talk a little bit about your organization and how can the people support it or join it, for that matter? Well, let me give the website. It's very easy. It's HiroshimaPeaceCommittee.net, one word, HiroshimaPeaceCommittee.net. We've got a lot of good information uh, a lot of good videos, a lot of good, uh, if you want to learn more, uh, we've got a number of good articles written by myself and other people. And I would say that on June the 11th, we're going to be uh, remembering the 40th anniversary of the June 12th uh, anti-nuclear rally in Central Park, where a million people came together. And our featured speaker on uh, June the 11th. It's going to be at 3.30 at in the afternoon in front of the White House. Our featured speaker is Reverend Herbert Daughtry, founder of the Black United Front, and he was the main organizer of the largest nuclear disarmament rally in history. So we'd welcome everybody to come to that, and I'll be sending you personally uh, the invitation, and hopefully you can send it out to our audience. And, John, we'd like to thank you for your contribution to this year's African Liberation Day, Palestine Day, 2022. Let's continue to struggle. Let's continue to fight and go down the road of liberation. And we know we're unity again and we're organization. All things is possible. So, John, we thank again for your solidarity message that you brought to this program today. We thank you. Thank you, Brother Africa. Okay, right there, as you see, on African Liberation Day, Palestine Day, it's an institution that talks about and bringing together various liberation movements and struggles, and it's a platform for clearly political, political education and primary sources. And right now, when we talk about this question of understanding the role of intelligence and how intelligence has been used as a tool to oppress humanity, we can think of nobody other than covert action under the direction of our dear brother, Louis Wolfe. We'd like to bring it in right now and say welcome to African Liberation Day, Palestine Day 2022, Brother Lou. How are you doing? Oh, thank you very much, Brother Lee. Uh, Comrade Lee, it's uh, always an honor to speak with you and to be on your program. Thank you. You know, as um, we talk about I, this year, oh, it's good. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, finish your point. Well, um, I, I'm here today because uh, not only do I support uh, this program, which you, you've been doing now for years, and I salute you for that, uh, because it's, it's, a, it's a measure of your solidarity and your deep commitment. Um, but I would just add here that w- what brings me here is the, the, my understanding of what the United States system, as we know it, it's not just capitalism, it's about imperialism, it's about the notion, the, the precept of American education is that the United States is exceptional. In fact, Barack Obama himself said it repeatedly. We are exceptional. 
excuse me. I, I mean, I'm not going to swear on, 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 on the phone here, but it really angers me a lot when I hear, hear that kind of talk. But that's this very doctrine of exceptionalism, which is taught in, in, in grade schools, in high schools, in colleges, at churches, and in the military. Okay? And so that, that's what guides American policy, foreign policy, as well as it, it seeps into domestic policies as well. Uh, as has happened in the, in the last week, in, in the wake of these uh, two shootings in Buffalo, uh, and and the and the second one, um, uh, let's face it, guns kill people. Yeah, people kill people, but it, you, they use guns. Yes, they also use knives uh, and poison, but mainly it's about guns. And the hold that the the National Rifle Association has over the United States Congress is well known. They're all in the pay of the NRA. Uh, they're also in the pay of all the arms ma- arms manufacturers who love war. They're, they're not about ending war. They're about endless war. And so, all I'm trying to say here is that when we when we speak about these issues, which your program is addressing today, uh, let's let's be clear here. The United States now has over 30 bases in Africa, the Africa Command, um, and you know, so it's not just uh, Ukraine. It's it's the fact that we, the United States, has over uh, allegedly 750 bases around the world. Actually, the number is very closer, much closer to 1,000 bases if you include all of them. So all I'm trying to say here is that people must understand what the United States is doing around the world as well as here in, at home. Thank you. Okay, Brother Lou, in terms of um, the work that you've been doing for years and others in the area of intelligence, covert action, uh, I just would like for you to speak to the issue of how intelligence, the Western intelligence, has played a role to influence, to disinform, to manipulate, and to dominate the thinking and the masses of the people of the world. So let's talk a little bit about what you know in terms of some of the games that are being played in the field of intelligence against the oppressed humanity. Well, when we speak about intelligence, American-style U.S. intelligence, Try and picture me. I'm going right now with my hands, the quote marks around the word intelligence. Um, Yes, of course, the CIA does collect intelligence around the world. They do it every day, 24-7. But the main focus and the main uh, driving force of the CIA is its covert operations arm, that is the Directorate of of Operations, or it's called DO in the CIA. And the DO really drives the CIA. If you read the books of Philip Agee or John Stockwell or Ralph McGeehy, former CIA people who who resigned and quit and went public uh, as whistleblowers, they all write about the fact that DO runs the CIA. Yes, they have four directorates, but the main directorate, the really 
uh, all the resources uh, are really to support the DO, the, the, the Director of Operations. You speak about propaganda. My God, the, the United States has, uh, uh, or rather the CIA in particular, has conducted huge uh, propaganda operations. Uh, Operation Paperclip was one of them during during the 70s and 80s. Uh, well, Operation Paperclip continues under other names. Uh, Operation Paperclip, uh, they used to call it inside the CIA uh, the, the mighty Wurlitzer. If your listeners will know what a Wurlitzer is, it's a, a huge organ that's uh, found in many megachurches, right? Well, the mighty Wurlitzer was the nickname for uh, this the, this massive uh, propaganda operation set up within the CIA, uh, as well as uh, State Department, of course, as uh, have to say that clearly. So the the final thing that people should understand that that ex- American exceptionalism drives the the acceptance and and the the belief of both political parties, which we really have two pol- uh, uh, one political party with two names. Well, let's face it, Democrat and Republican. Uh, in fact, today, the Democrats, which are supposed to be better than the Republicans, they're all voting for war. They're all signed off on on the uh, on sending forty billion dollars to Ukraine of military uh, aid. That war in Ukraine is designed by the United States and our uh, other supposed allies to be. Until until the last Ukrainian is dead, it's it's not uh, America. You know, Biden has said very clearly that U.S. will not uh, take part. Yeah, well, there are hundreds of American mercenaries that are in Ukraine as we speak today. So uh, yes, they're not in uh, uniform, but they are mercenaries and they're fighting on the side of of. Uh, Volodymyr Zelensky, uh, and I should add here very quickly is that the Zelensky is dominated by the so-called Azov Battalion, A-Z-O-V Battalion. These are real, live, enthusiastic, and publicly uh, happy to say they are Nazis. They have Nazi swastikas on 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 uh, tattoos on their back. And, and on their arms, they actually take off their shirts sometimes and show you their 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 uh, Nazi uh, swastikas. So this is who the United States is supporting. In fact, the Azov Battalion is actively being trained in the United States, somewhere in the South. We believe it's either at Fort Benning or at Fort Bragg in Cal- in, in, in Georgia. So the bottom line here is that war is conducted in our face, with our money, uh, and uh, wrapped, of course, with the flag. Uh, but it's endless war, and that war will continue until, the, in this case, the, the, the last Ukrainian is dead. But the wars continue elsewhere, certainly in, in Africa right now, in Somalia, in, in, in Uganda, in, in Africa, uh, the, the war against Venezuela. It's not a it's not a, a military war, but it's a, a disinformation war. It's uh, it's called regime change. So, 
I'll end on that. Thank you. And what do you think about the wall against Cuba and Zimbabwe? Is that another form of wall style? Form of no warfare? question about it. Ever since 1961, the United States has engaged in in covert and overt uh, war against Cuba, including um, um, all kinds of psychological operations as well as biological warfare against Cuba. Um, and I've been to Cuba a, a, a number of times, and, uh, you know, the solidarity that they have there, I mean, they really, Cuban that you meet in the street is an internationalist, a proud internationalist. Their understanding of, of, of their struggle to, uh, for socialism in Cuba is, is that we are internationalists. We are not just Cuba, Cubans. And that really impacts you when you can when you can feel it up up close and personally. You know, Lou, can you tell us the relationship between the intelligence department, organizations such as NAD, USAID, and AFRICOM? What is that relationship like between those forces? What is the relationship between them? The National Endowment for Democracy, which I describe as the most misnamed uh, entity there is, that they are promoting democracy. The National Endowment for Democracy, or their their uh, acronym is NED, um, was set up uh, under Ronald Reagan in the 70s uh, at a speech he made. Uh, and And so NED receives millions of dollars of our tax money to promote, as they say, promote democracy around the world. They have operations in over 80 countries, including in in the countries of of allies, uh, supposed allies of the United States. So the NED is apparently thinking that those countries aren't democratic, so we have to export democracy to them as well, as as well as to uh, our alleged uh, um, opponents, like Cuba, like Venezuela, like like uh, so many other countries that we we are up NEDs operating in. The point is that mythology rules, and the mythology of democracy is is the one that really rules. Um, I ask your listeners to think about how much democracy there is in this country, uh, in time after time with. Whoever's in the White House, they talk about democracy. It's like a, a, a bad song uh, on the hit parade. But what kind of democracy is it that there are, there are uh, how many millionaire, billionaires, I should have said, B, billionaires with a B, um, and, and the stock market, the American stock market, and the arms dealers, they run this country. Not a, a president in the White House, be what, whatever party he or she is in. It, no, not yet a she. All, all I'm saying is that democracy is a mythology that runs this country. Thank you. And finally, our last question before we let you go, Brother Lou. Talk about the ongoing work with Cover Action Magazine. What's, what's, what's going on with what are some of your areas of concentration, or what have y'all published recently? That we we, we publish uh, five new investigative articles each week. 
which puts us uh, in a special category. I mean, I say say that because the Washington Post, New York Times, the mainstream media, electronic as well as print media, they have staffs of, of hundreds. They have budgets of millions. We are a group of four of us that do this magazine, have done it since 19, have published it since 1978. We are now in our 44th year, going on 45 years. We um, uh, publish uh, articles, uh, four to five articles each week. Our latest articles are, have been about uh, a lot about Ukraine. We really are the f- only publication that really goes deeper than the mainstream media on this and, and, and is not allowing the mainstream uh, line on Ukraine to, to, uh, to seep its way into our coverage. We do go the other way in a totally different direction. Uh, we write about the, the, the Azov Battalion. We write about uh, the role of, of the, uh, I'm sure your listeners have watched on, on TV, the plane load after plane load after plane load of weaponry that's being sent to Ukraine. There's never been interest by the United States to negotiate, to use what we call a diplomacy to end this war. Actually, Russia, uh, at one point earlier, before February of this year, was willing to negotiate uh, uh, not to uh, come into to Ukraine in the, in the so-called uh, military operation. Uh, yes, they did invade, and we do not support Russia, Russia's invasion. But what we believe is that the United States must stop this endless war. It's another endless war, as I said, until the last Ukrainian. Um, so that's, that's what we do. Our, 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 our website is, for those who want to check us, covertactionmagazine.com, covertactionmagazine.com. Uh, we welcome people's interest. Anyone out there who, who writes, who's a writer, we, we're looking for new, new writers for us, so please think about that if you want to write for us. Um, and so you can contact us uh, through uh, covertactionmagazine.com. Thank you. And like always, Lou, we thank you for making your contribution to this year's African Liberation Day, Palestine Day, and Nakbar Day. And um, let's continue to fight the fight. So we thank you very much for your contribution to today's program. Well, I would just add, like Maurice Bishop told us, forward ever, backward never. Thank you. We down with that. We thank you, Lou. You were just listening to Brother Lewis Wolf with Cobra Action. And if you haven't um, seen that particular magazine, they do some excellent work, some of the best work you can find. And um, I would suggest to write them and see if you can get a catalog of some of their previous back articles because the history of the work that they have done is, is, is something that um, something you must have in your library. So please, you know, check them out and uh, support Cobra Action. Uh, this is the kind of work we need. We need serious, intelligent, serious research work so we can better understand our present realities so we can make decisions in the future that will create the conditions that we have that we have desire for. So at this point in time, we can see if we have our brother Anthony. See if he's back in the in um back in the, in the, in the loop, brother Anthony. Can you hear me? Can you hear me talking? 
You hear me talking, Brother Anthony? You see, I'm problem with Brother Anthony, so what we're going to do right now, we're going to go to a rupture of culture break and continue to celebrate African Liberation Day. And when we come back, we're going to have Brother Moses. We're going to talk about Cuba solidarity movement. we got to we have Brother Moses. We're going to talk a little bit about Cuba, talk about the work that he's doing. And um, it's very important. So we'll be right back. This is African Liberation Day, Palestine Day. And right now, we're going to bring you some music from the youngsters, from the hip-hoppers, from the hip-hop culture. They, too, have a say in this revolution. You have the emergence in human society of this thing that's called the state. What is the state? The state is this organized bureaucracy. It is the police department. It is the army, the navy. It is the prison system, the courts, and what have you. This is the state. It is a repressive organization. But the state... And you, well, you know, you've got to have the police, because if there were no police, look at what you'd be doing to yourselves. You'd be killing each other if there were no police. But the reality is, the police become necessary in human society. You know how we think, organize the hood under our ching banners. Red, black, and green instead of gang bandanas. FBI spying on us through the radio antennas. And I'm hitting cameras in the street like watching society. With no respect for the people's right to privacy. I take a slug for the cause like Huey P. While all you fake niggas try to copy Master P. I want to be free to live, able to have what I need to live. Bring the power back to the street where the people live. We sick of working for crumbs and filling up the prisons. Dying over money and relying on religion for help. We do for self like ants in a colony. Organize the welcome to a socialist economy. A way of life based off the common needs. And all my comrades is ready, we just spreading the seed. Yeah, black male, live a third of his life in a jail cell. Cause the world is controlled by the white male. And the people don't never get justice. And the women don't never get respected. And the problems don't never get solved. And the jobs don't never pay enough. No more bondage, no more political monsters, no more secret space launches. Government departments started it in the projects, material objects, thousands up in the closets. Could have been invested in the future for my comrades. Battle contacts, primitive weapons out in combat. Many never come back, pretty niggas be running with gas. Rather get shot in their back than fire back. We're tired of that. Corporations hiring blacks, denying the facts, exploiting us all over the map. That's why I write the shit I write in my rap. It's documented, I meant it. Every day of the week, I live in it, breathing it. It's more than just fucking believing it. I'm holding in one, rolling up my sleeves and shit. It's C-Lo for push-ups now, many headed for one conclusion. Niggas ain't ready for revolution. Yeah, I've been black now, live a third of his life in a jail cell. Cause the world is controlled by the white male. And the people don't never get justice. And the women don't never get respected. And the problems don't never get solved. And the jobs don't never pay enough.
somos sobrados, somos ricos y sigo respetando al rato de Puerto Rico, al cubano, al colombiano, mexicano y español, pero lo de nosotros sale del corazón, con sentimiento, con talento, violento, ojo, no con armas, sino con conocimiento, el intelecto emana de los foros, te metes en internet y lo ves en los foros, de sabiduría, aunque muchos locos piensen que son habladurías, pero que primero fondo la ciencia mía, para que después hablen como comadre, chismosa, yo te escribo en verso y en prosa, no soy Alice en el país de las maravillas, estamos claros, te portas mal, te acribillas, te hacen papillas, es que eso es obvio, o eres ángel o eres demonio, ni ni no, o eres ángel o eres demonio, quiero ver a toda la gente con las manos arriba, ¿dónde están los latinos con las manos arriba? Que vive el hip hop con las manos arriba, ¿Qué? con las manos arriba, que viva la cultura con las manos arriba, el deporte con las manos arriba, Venezuela con las manos arriba, ¿Qué? ¿Qué? sentimiento, sabor, rumba, corazón, la salsa retumba, retumba el tambor, no se te olvida el moroco, recuerda el folclore, te lo digo en rap, crece la tensión, ritmo caribeño, se siente el calor, esto es música de calle, al que no le gusta que vaya a llorar para el valle, es música con estilo, tú estás claro así que solo dilo, pa' que lo sepa, suena tan criolla como comerse una arepa, Venezolana es todo lo que se haga en Venezuela, no solo es un ritmo, escucha las letras, tan criollo como que te vean y te digan, eh, para que te choquen las manos, al final del día, dale, hablamos, y lo que más me alegra, la gente latina siempre será gente negra. Comandante, te amo. Que Dios te bendiga. The forces arrayed against us are, and I use the word most carefully, formidable. They are intense and powerful. They are, as I have taken some pains to explain, they operate in worldwide combinations at all levels. Political, economic, military, cultural, educational, social and trade. And not all, and through intelligence, cultural and information services. They operate from European and African centers using agents who, I'm ashamed to say, are often on patriotic sons of Africa, buying personal satisfactions with the betrayal of their country's safety and integrity. They seduce leaders. They seduce leaders of the African political trade union and people's organization. That's creating rifts and horrors within the national front. On the broader front, they are massing their forces in a determined effort to save the advance of African liberation and the march of unity. They are attempting many methods, some sinister, some beguiling, to wreck our efforts. They strike 
antipathetic postures. On one side, they perform acts calculated to strike fear. On the other, they try to do hoodwink us with fictitious gifts, which superficially pander to our hopes and aspirations. They are the present attempts to deflect our purpose, to weaken our determination. We welcome you back to Africa Moon. You're listening to Oseki for Kwame Nkrumah when he was warning the people of the danger the African people face as they continue to strive toward their independence and liberation. And we can see that many things he stated then came true today. And I believe we have an international caller, an international friend and ally with us. Um, a caller who call it internationally, we can call out your last four numbers and introduce yourself. Caller, you are 8803, your last four numbers, 8803, welcome to African Liberation Day, Palestine Day. Yes, caller, 8803, your last four numbers. Yeah, thank you very much. <clears throat> Sorry, this is uh, Adesible. I was supposed to be on earlier, but um, I was caught up in a funeral. Um, so I couldn't make it, but I am delighted. Um, I've heard the last hour, I've been listening to the last hour, and uh, I'm delighted that um, the force of Africa, the force of Nkoma, the force of Lumumba, Chu, Gave, all of them are with us today. And um, we are faced with a very critical situation now in our struggle that we don't have a single territory in Africa today that we can beat our chest and say that it is liberated. We don't have it. The reversal the reality of the reversal of what happened or happened in Ghana, then the frontline states. And if you see that period in the 60s and now, um, it's very hard to render in. So our focus now remains the same. We have to engage ourselves both intellectually and materially, preparing ourselves to reclaim Africa. We need a territory, a territory from which to launch what I'll call the third Chimaranga or the third liberation struggle. And the example of Nkrumah and George Padmore, they remain 
significant to us now, and they are a constant reminder that without a territory, not much can be done. Nkrumah and the Convention People's Party taking over the territory of the Gold Coast and then constituting the other territories to make uh, the new modern Ghana divided a territory with liberation camps and all that. That is our history. And we have to go back to it and study that period. And Nkrumah knew exactly what was happening. So he came out in 1965 with neocolonialism, the last stage of imperialism. And that was the book that he came in. Johnson in Washington, D.C., and uh, Wilson in London didn't want the book published because of how it was, it was exposing that network that is just recently you heard his voice talking about. So they plotted and got rid of him. And that has been the watershed. Watershed. And we have since not recovered. And it took over mostly about 20 years for President Nyerere to realize and understand what had really happened to Africa for Tunkuma's overthrow in 1966. So the significance and importance of greater territory is the urgent matter of today. It is the urgent matter of today because I feel ashamed that when I cast my eyes around Africa and Pan-Africa, we don't have a single liberated territory. We don't have it. Angola, the Cubans shed their blood and they are, the Santos and others, they handed it over to the Americans. Look at Namibia now. Look at South Africa, Mozambique. I feel ashamed of myself to call myself a revolutionary or a Pan-Africanist. Haiti, I feel very ashamed about Haiti. Haiti gives me nightmares. Haiti. And come to think of it, in 1957, 6th March, Nkrumah, when he declared Ghana's independence and standing on the podium, mentioned Haiti, mentioned Tuisan and mentioned Tuisan he mentioned Bookman, and the rest, Dissilinus, and the rest. He knew the significance of Haiti to the African soul and the African personality. And I, as a Pan-Africanist, I sit there for Haiti to be nice around. 
things to our change. So we're African Liberation Day and we don't have a liberated territory to operate for. And that is my shame. And we have brothers and sisters in diaspora so committed to their whole life. And when I look at them, my own brother, Bob Brown, I look at him and I feel deeply ashamed. I look at him, all the sacrifices, what he's going through. Then I look at what Nkrumah did for the boys. I say, oh my goodness, we can't do anything for him. Kwame Ture, yes, I know how he suffered before he died in 98. No territory, very suffocating. No territory. And Africa is your home, you are fighting for it, and you are not welcome. You cannot operate there. So African Liberation Day is a time for us to reflect where we are, the state of Pan-Africa. Look at what is happening in Guyana. Look at what is happening in Trinidad and Tobago. All over the Caribbean. Where? Where? So, please, we have to go back to the drawing table or the drawing board and think about the agency of having a liberated territory with the resources and the commitment to be able to do what we have to do. We always have to be thinking about Ghana. Please think about it. Nkrumah arrived in Ghana in December of 1947. By June 1949, the youth that he had organized told him that we have to form our own party and they formed the Convention to Post Party, 49. Between 49 and 1957, he and the party won three elections on a trot and organized mass actions against the British without firing a single gun, but it was the British that rather fired at us and forced the British to the negotiating table. And we got independence in 1957, 6 March. And on that day, what did he say? The independence of Ghana is meaningless unless it's linked up to the celebration of the African continent. And between 1957 and 1963, 32 African countries liberated so independent African countries gathered at the Addis Ababa to form the organization of African unity. Please reflect on that. Then 1957-63, how many years and what was achieved? It has never happened on any continent. Because there was a territory called Ghana. 
there was a territory called Ghana. Guinea followed. And Kuma said, no. Went to the aid of Guinea. My goodness. Please. Without a territory, the Pan-African revolution that we are fighting is meaningless. And this is exactly what they saw between 1943 and 1945. And that was a, that precipitated the Pan-African Congress in Manchester, which Nkrumah came up towards uh, colonial freedom and prepared the ground to take the Pan-African movement out of the diaspora, find a territory to teach the agenda from there. Originally, it was going to be Sierra Leone, but something happened and then they moved to Ghana. And the success, some of us have witnessed it. We have lived with it. And we have been beneficiaries of that success. So it is possible if we go back to study that period that the essence of land is critical. Land is critical. Without land, the frontline states and the prosecution of the coordinated assault on the apartheid regime will not have been successful land so land is critical and control of land with enlightened leadership is very critical and that is what is facing us today today as we think about ourselves and the status of pan-africa we need land thank you very much my brother, we'd like to thank you for your response to and participation with our African Liberation Day, Kazakhstan Day. Give our revolution love to our brothers and sisters in your home, and um, tell my brothers from the African from the secular youth movement, we will work a deal out where we can get them back on. We had some technical difficulties of trying to bring yeah. them in, but we know they are in solidarities with our brothers and sisters over here. So yes. we'd like to again thank you for your contribution and thank all the people who struggle for Pan-Africanism and understanding the lessons of our brother Osaka for Kwame Nkrumah, that the truth crashed to the ground will eventually rise back to the top. Yep. So we thank you, my brother. It's my revolutionary you duty. Okay. It's my revolutionary duty, and I end also by saying what Kwame Ture meant by ready for the revolution. That was his greeting, ready for the revolution. And that revolution is what Nkrumah put down for us, handbook of revolutionary warfare. We have been trained to be so scared of armed struggle. And you heard about the covert action, brother, talked about military bases and the acts of war. 
ask of us and wait against us every day and every night. But we are scared to pick up handbook of revolutionary warfare and study it. We are scared. That is our Bible. But we are scared. Oh my goodness. My brother on that note, we would say with well, organization and political education, all things are possible. We will get there. We will get our freedom by any means necessary. We thank you for your contribution to today's program. We thank you. That was our brother from West Africa called in, giving his perspective on the present condition of Africa and African people worldwide. And we do agree that it's always important to have a liberated territory to use as a base to help liberate others. So that's a lesson we must never forget. So what we're going to do, we will continue the discussion and talk about liberated territory. We're going to talk about Cuba when we come back with our brother Moses. This is African Liberation Day, Palestine Day. You are listening to Africa on the Move as a co-sponsor with the All-African Peoples Revolution Party GC and the National Council of our Americans. Let's continue our celebration. And if I had all the money in the world, what would you do with it?
in chains, living in pain. Today is the same, and nothing ever changes. Hung by a noose, can't tell the truth, filled with abuse, and everywhere there's danger. How long can this go on? When will the light I see? I know I must be strong to last through my journey. Yeah, last through my journey. When we must decide to get off the ride and stop going through these changes. We must prepare and learn how to care, but soon we'll be there while our lives won't be in danger. And when the light is clear, oh, how beautiful I will be to know. That I've been here and made it through my journey, yeah, and made it through my journey, yeah, 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 made it through my journey, made it through my journey, Hellerino. A bloodline across the waters from Benin to Salvador Bahia. A scar across the face of the earth. Pellerino, the place they brought the Africans, the place where they tried to make them slaves. Pellerino, you can feel the whip, hear the cries, and see the blood in the red clay. The clay that holds the stones together is African. And each stone is a bone from a people called slaves. Pellerino was the place where death came to dwell. His neighbors did not complain, for he was a way out. From the cold, gray, cobblestone streets to the lifeless cathedrals, tall walls of demons called angels, haunted visions of white faces, crucifying Jesus again and again. But in the sacrifice of this blood, of this dance with death, comes life more rich, more pure, more alive, where death spent many lonely nights, pacing the floors of his funeral parlor, waiting for someone to die. Pellerino, a French word called the place of torture, became a place of strength, a place where faces of white saints became faces of black gods, where haunted visions and demons became healing visionaries and orishas from the motherland. And Jesus rejoined his kinfolk and was reborn and baptized in the sound of sensual skin, turned up to dance, to inspire a fire like the sun, pronouncing his presence. Pellerino was the tongue of the flame, licking the eyes of those who have tried to remain blind, shining a light on a spirit that would not be denied. No, the change did not break the spirit, did not enslave the music of my soul, did not shackle the will of my freedom, did not tarnish the glow of my gold, 
and all the Palomino's in Africa, in Europe, in North and South America cannot destroy the majesty of my people, the love of my people, shining like the sun everywhere we go, everywhere we go. light is clear, oh how beautiful I will be, to know that I've been here, and made it through my journey, yeah, and made it through my journey, yeah, 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 yeah. We'd like to welcome you back to Africa Liberation Day, Palestine Knockback Day, May the 28th, 2022. As we continue our celebration of African Liberation Day, Palestine Day, we'd like to just share some solidarity messages with you. And then we'll follow with our discussion with Brother Moses around Cuba and its relationship to Africa liberation. From Jafar Safari, he stated, National Council of Arab America, he stated, Dear brothers, sisters, and comrades, our joint joint dedication to freeing our people from imperialism, colonialism, and Zionism is an ongoing struggle against the common enemy. Our educated struggle witnessed many accomplishments and victories and some severe setbacks highlighted by assassinating our leaders in Africa, Latin America, and the Middle East. Yet the struggle continues to to renew dedication of new generations of determined people to carry the torch of freedom to the end. It is crucially important to carry out the armed struggle to realize the broader objectives of defeating colonialism and Zionism but more importantly, is to be dedicated to a just call worth of sacrifices. Al Revere Thomas Sankara of Burkina Faso won African leaders the Western debt choking the continent's stability and independence. In a speech to the African Unity Meeting, in Ali Ababa in 1986, he called for a cancellation of our foreign debt and said our debt will not be paid. Ignoring his revolutionary vision, African countries consequently surrendered their autonomy to the European colonists, increasing their debt size and denying the new generations 
decent living standards. Sankara was universally acknowledged to be incorruptible, a trait found in Africa's giants. Nkrumah, Secretary Camille Abdul Nasser, and many others. They, in the aggregate, were not known for empty revolutionary heretic and cliches. Rather, they were committed to acting and directly confronting Western imperialism, driven by a resolute commitment to justice. Our generation owes a tremendous debt to those leaders before us, determined to build alternative future, free from colonial oppression. Since Sankara murder in October 1987, social advances and progressive challenges he initiated were revoked. And by 2014, Burkina Faso was, now with me, was considered one of the poorest countries in the world. Cairo legacy endured all these years, however. On this occasion of African Liberation Day and Palestine Solidarity Day, we salute our heroes and comrades who fought against colonialism and Zionism, both ills challenging our collective aspiration to freedom and independence development. In Palestine, a fourth leadership vision of accommodation with the enemy has led to more land being expropriated, more people jailed by the Zionists, and loss of hope only temporarily. The enemy's dedication to its goals of cleansing the land of its righteous owners has produced a negative effect leading to more popular engagement and the will to fight as evidence in the daily confrontation encompassing wider sectors of society. This is certainly a bright development and a fundamental addition to the global struggle against oppression, colonialism, and Zionism. The legacy of our murder leaders continues to guide the current path of struggle until our aggregated goals of freedom and independence are achieved. That's a statement for our brother Jafari. And at this point in time, what we're going to do is going to bring in our brother Moses, who worked with the Cuban Solidarity Movement in Washington, D.C., and we would like to welcome him to Africa Liberation Day. Welcome, Brother Moses. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and greetings to everyone. Brother Moses, you are one of the many workers who are working in the Cuban Solidarity Movement inside the United States. And as we talk about African Liberation Day, Palestine Day, I'd like for you to say a few words about the sort of question of the question of Cuba and its relationship with Africa in terms of its role or participating or working with our brothers and sisters side to side to help them get many of their countries' independence? First of all, Cuba's relentless fight against U.S. imperialism 
stands out globally. <clears throat> Cuba, Cuba has created its own COVID-19 vaccine amid U.S. refusals to supply needles, syringes, and respirators. 57 international volunteer medical parades have been dispatched from Cuba to 40 countries. More than 28,000 Cuban health care workers give medical care in 59 nations, embracing countries in Africa, Haiti, Venezuela, and Nicaragua. Cuban-based ELAM, the Latin American School of Medicine, provides full scholarships to train doctors and medical practitioners to work in their respective countries. Cuba sent 450,000 volunteer troops to Angola to help the MPLA fight and defeat South African-supported UNITA. 1975 to 1988. For part of this period, Cuban forces led their way to eliminate South African apartheid, gain the independence of Namibia, and the release of Nelson Mandela. So Cuban has been in, in the struggle uh, for some time now in terms of the struggle against imperialism, racism, and Zionism. Um, the D.C. Metropolitan Coalition in solidarity with the Cuban Revolution is a locally-based coalition comprised of several social justice organizations committed to protecting the beneficial changes the Cuban Revolution brought to its people. D.C.M.C. supports Cuba in solidarity to, one, end travel restrictions to Cuba, two, halt the U.S. economic war against Cuba, three, stop the U.S. illegal occupation of Guantanamo Bay, and four, seeks the U.S. defamation and regime change programs against Cuba. And I'll Brother, leave it right Moses, there. Brother Moses, your thoughts on this year, African Liberation Day, Palestine Day as an institution. What message you would like to send to our listening audience in terms of supporting this great institution? Certainly, um, the, 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 the struggle for Pan-Africanism, the unified Africa under scientific socialism is a protracted struggle, and it is, it's, it's, it's uh, to bring about a greater, better future. Um, this, uh, I consider the struggle for scientific socialism to be a struggle for the fatherland, uh, since you know we're born into to this situation. But we have to we have to realize that we there is a, a better world possible. And uh, as Lenin pointed out during World War One, when the imperialist powers were were all uh, collapsed with the Second International of Communist Movement, uh, where all the social chauvinists showed that they would support their own bourgeoisie instead of instead of uh, fighting for the fatherland and socialism and turning their weapons on their own bourgeoisie. And so here in the USA. Uh, we are faced with imperialism, capitalism, and we have to struggle to uh, to right that wrong. Uh, African Liberation Day is 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 celebrated because Africa must be free under scientific socialism. Africa will be free someday. It's a protracted struggle, and we are committed to the struggle. Thank you. And Brother Moses, we'd like to thank you for participating. On this year, African Liberation Day, Palestine Day, 2022. We thank you very much. And what I'm going to do right now, listen, audience, we're going to read another solidarity statement um, to African Liberation Day, Palestine Day, 2022, to the All African People of Rochester Party, GC. And it comes from Penny Gamma Williams, 
who represent the Indigenous People Movement as well as the American Indian Movement. She states, the power of Indigenous women on the front line, a queen of peace, with gratitude I greet you, my name Penny Gamma Williams, a role member of the spiritual leader of the Chippewa tribe of Wabi Red Nation of Massachusetts. I reside in Maryland on the hand of the Piscataway Coney. This is the place where the mighty Anacostia and protection covered in the Atlantic Ocean. Since the new people invaded Turland Island, indigenous women have been on the front line to protect children, elders, and Mother Earth. From the Arctic, Canada, the U.S., Central America, South America, all of the islands, Africa, India, Asia, islands in the Pacific, women have had to fight for respect. Today, we are all faced with so many life challenges as indigenous women, violence, war, loss of land, food insecurity, poverty, missing and murdered women have only gotten worse. The more our Mother Earth is trash, poison, and script of resources that should be left in the ground, the more likely indigenous, indigenous women Elders and children will be abused. Colonization and corporate greed rule the world. Standing up for the earth and women will shift the energy. Understanding our connection and relationship to the earth and to everyone will be beneficial for survival of humanity. There are a lot of women who will not stop working to protect the children, adults, and the water. The power of indigenous women on the front line will not stop. One earth, one love. Thank you. Blessing to y'all. A queen of peace, Penny Gamma Williams. Those are some of the statements from some of the Movements, organizations, and solidarity of this year, Africa Liberation Day. We're going to continue this celebration and share some more revolutionary cultural music with you, and we'll be back with some more solidarity statements. This is Africa on the Move. And remember, you can hear this program every Sunday evening at 7 o'clock, and we speak truth to the powerless and the powerful by dialing in at 323-679-08. And also, we would like to remind you that to find out more about the All African People's Revolutionary Party, GC, and some of their past programs that took place this month during African Liberation Month, please visit our website at www.a-aprp-gc. We'll be right back with some more messages of solidarity and an important announcement. This is African Liberation Day, Palestine Day. We'll be right back. This is Africa on the Moon.
and so many others. In this time when so much of the world gazes at war in Europe, we understand that an end to NATO is key to peace in the region, just as freedom of Palestine is key to peace in that region, as the unity of all African people is key to peace in the world. While just as there can be no peace, as our comrade in the AAPIPGC have taught us all along, a lucha continua, struggle continue, ready for revolution. Those were some solid statements from different progressive forces expressing their solidarity with this year African Liberation Day and the AAPIPGC. I think I have Brother back in on the board. See, we have Brother Anthony back in. Brother Anthony, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear my voice, Brother Anthony? Welcome yes, back. I can. Welcome back. Yeah, okay. Thank we have you. Problems, problems trying to connect with you. But, Brother Anthony, we got you on, on here. And what we're going to do right now, we have many organizations um, have sent out solidarity messages and spoken on this program. And we know that the all African people represented by GC uh, have been leading the charge for many, many years. Uh, you have a long history of having to institutionalize African Liberation Day. We also know one of the milestone, milestone points in terms of your own history as an organization is this is your 16th year anniversary. Now, I want you to just talk a little bit about in terms of when you think about African Liberation Day when you first came and first got involved. How has it changed, if any, and why you continue to uh, participate um, under this banner of functioning in terms of being one of those who want to contribute on a yearly basis to this institution? Sure. African Liberation Day marks uh, is an annual marker of the forward progress to achieve Pan-Africanism. As it was founded by the Convention's People Party under the leadership of Kwame Nkrumah uh, back in 1958 at the conclusion of the first conference of independent African states, on April 15th, 1958. And, um, and it has been used as an onward of the progress in, uh, in, uh, in the liber- African liberation movement and its efforts to achieve Pan-Africanism. Uh, over the years, we have... Um, uh, made many advances, had some setbacks, uh, you know, which com- which comes with the struggle. But uh, we have uh, the All African People's Revolutionary Party has commemorated African Liberation Day in Palestine, not by day, for 46 years. And uh, that is in spite of all the changes uh, that we have undergone over the years. Uh, uh, Splits, alliance formations, relationship building changes 
in political climate, et cetera, that we have persevered in terms of being able to organize African Liberation Day and Palestine not by day commemorations throughout our history. And you know, so uh, this is significant, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Brother Anthony, um, for this year, for the first time, from my understanding, the APRPGC has decided to expand African Liberation Day to African Liberation Month. There has been many programs that have taken place the past month in honor of African Liberation Month. Uh, can you just give us a little synopsis of some of the programs y'all have um, organized and how can the people check them out for those who was not at the time present? Sure. Uh, we have organized um, uh, programs focusing upon the role of uh, of African women in our struggle, uh, the role of students and youth, and also uh, the importance of um, of our, uh, uh, of our uh, uh, of taking a stand against Zionism and uh, all other forms of exploitation. And for those of you who who were not able to check out those programs live, uh, you can go to our website, www.a-aprp-gc.org, and check out um, uh, the programs we did during this month on our website. At uh, at your own time, and uh, feel free to share this information with your friends who may be interested. And also, uh, if you have time, this Tuesday, uh, May thirty first, please uh, check out uh, our program featuring our brother Bob Brown as he. Uh, gives uh, a history of African Liberation Day uh, uh, from um, uh, not only from, uh, 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 from its inception, but, sent, uh, but 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 also uh, you know during the years we have been organizing it, and uh so i pretty i'm pretty sure you'll find that program very informative and uh we urge uh everybody in the uh, who's listening to check it out and also uh share, once again share this information with your friends you know brother Evan, earlier we had a brother from west africa Lawrence talking about the importance to have liberated territories, and he was raising the contradiction of not having a liberated territory anywhere on the continent of Africa. And I know as your party, one of the aspects of your philosophy is how you analyze the world is by political zones, zones that are liberated and zones that are held under the enemy. And we know one of the zones that are not, one of the zones that is not held by the enemy is, is we talking about Cuba. What is, is, is your understanding of Cuba 
and his road to African liberation today, in the past, and maybe as well as in the future in terms of sharing with our people the need to see Cuba as ally and not as enemy. Can you speak a little bit on that aspect? Because when we talk about African liberation, definitely we can't leave out the role of Cuba. Uh, no, we cannot. Uh, definitely not. Uh, since Cuba's revolution, it has provided uh, uh, aid, uh, uh, military, uh, health, and educational aid uh, through uh, through African liberation movements throughout Africa and Africans in the diaspora. Um, and uh, so, and um, it has uh, embarked on the path to socialism, and for that, it has incurred the anger of imperialist countries around the world, especially the U.S., which is why the blockade against Cuba has been in place uh, for over 60 years. And But we must defend Cuba because uh, it is, as you indicated, it is one of the few countries left in the world that is trying to build a socialist uh, society. And, uh, and uh, Cuba's contributions to, uh, to African liberation struggle are numerous. Uh, both, uh, uh, you know, in, uh, in terms of the armed struggle as well as other forms of aid, uh, such as uh, in uh, health care especially. And uh, Cuba, you know, uh, tends to, uh, you know, has extended its resources to help the African liberation struggle to this day. There are numerous students that are studying in Cuba uh, to get the skills needed to take back home to uh, to make improvements in their homeland, Africa. And Cuba has been very instrumental in that. And I think uh, and and any every African. Uh, who lives in the diaspora, especially, and uh, and uh, and on the continent, owes a tremendous debt to Cuba, and also Cuba recognizes the debt it owes to Africa, because uh, uh, let's see, uh, a, a large sector of its population uh, is of African descent, and since its revolution has, uh, you know, aided uh, the African liberation struggle in numerous ways, including aid uh, to uh, uh, African revolutionaries in the diaspora, such as uh, Robert Williams and uh, numerous others. Uh, So we owe a tremendous debt to Cuba. Now, that takes some liberty of time right there, Anthony, because one of the things that African Liberation Day does is to give out important information. I'd like to share with the listening audience on behalf of the African Awareness Association in conjunction with this radio station, Africa on the Move, 
will be going with the African Wedding Association to Cuba this um, July, for July 23rd to 31st. And we are calling on all the friends and supporters and revolutionaries of who love African Cuba to come and join us. We have an a, a a, a African Education Travel Tour Challenge that will take place during that week. We'll be visiting three cities, Guantanamo, Santiago, and Havana. So if you're interested in going to Cuba, showing your solidarity, um, seeing what socialism looks like, feel like, but just understanding that, um, as Brother Kwame Ture once stated, the greatest crime of seeing a man and woman can commit is to be ungrateful. Let's show our gratitude. Come and join us. Join the African Wedding Association, Africa on the Move, this July, July 23rd to 31st. Now, if you're interested in going for more information, please contact the African Wellness Association by emailing them at African Wellness Association 2, the number 2, at gmail.com. All spelled out in lowercase, African Awareness Association 2 at gmail.com. Come and join us. Brother Anthony, what we're going to do right now, we're going to celebrate a little more, and when we come back, I know you have a message from Alliance of Global Justice, a solidarity statement. We're going to have you read the statement and then get some of your final thoughts as it relates to the Institutional African Liberation Day, Palestine Day. We'll be right back. This is Africa on the Move. Africa 
shake, shake your body I say scream and shout Life is too short No matter where you come from Africa is your home Scream and shout Come dance with me Take James Packard Jordan of the Alliance for Global Justice. The Alliance for Global Justice sends a warm, fraternal greeting to the All-African People's Revolutionary Party, GC, and the All-African Women's Revolutionary Union, GC, and to Africa on the move on the occasion of the 64th African Liberation Day and the 74th anniversary of Palestine's Natba Day. The struggle of African people in their home continent and all over the world has not just been an example to all other people in all other liberation movements. The truth is that African people have led the way in the fights against colonialism, slavery, global capitalism, and U.S. imperialism. We not only express our solidarity, but our thanks for all the lessons we have learned and the inspiration we have received from the AAPRPGC and all those who are waging the battle for African liberation. The Palestinian people have struggled against colonialism and empire for thousands of years, and they continue forward today. Palestine is a land and cultural bridge that has linked Africa to Europe and Asia ever since Africans set foot on the first long immigration to other lands. It is right and natural that African Liberation Day and not by day are celebrated together. Palestinian liberation is intimately and historically linked with African liberation. In the same way, internationally, we recognize that no 
one in the world can be free into Palestine and Africa free. In closing today, we celebrate African Liberation Day and not by day and express our profound solidarity as we walk side by side on the path to international liberation and the better world we are all dreaming of and working toward. And Brother Anthony, closing out this year, African Liberation Day, I want you to speak to the listening audience in terms of how they can help and participate for next year's event, and how can they help and build the All-African Peoples Revolutionary Party GC. Certainly. Uh, For more information about the All-African Peoples Revolutionary Party and ALD Palestine, not by day, uh, you can visit our website, www.a-aprp-gc.org. Or you can call us at 202-246-4896. And uh, you can uh, 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 help us by joining uh, the All-African Peoples Revolutionary Party, GC, or any other organization that is working for Pan-Africanism. And uh, And, you can also... Go ahead. (laughs) No, go go ahead. I thought you said it. Finish your point. Yeah, and uh, you can also uh, find out how to support our efforts and I'll lo- and learn about the history and uh, program of the All-African Peoples Revolutionary Party, GC. And to the listening audience, there are different levels of membership, so everybody got a role. Everybody have their space for you. There's a seat for you, so you know, please check out this organization. You know, doing excellent work, and, um, and people must be organized. The only way to be organized is by functioning through organizations. So let's get organized. That's what African Liberation Day is all about. And just as a national reminder again, for those who want to travel to Cuba with us, please give African Awareness Association a email by dialing by writing African Awareness Association to at gmail dot com. We also want you to email us. Africa on the move to at Gmail because there are information that is important that we want to give to you. But because of the way this structure of this program is set up, we don't have direct access to our listeners. The only way we know that you are listening is that if you would take a minute out of your life to set down email us at Africa on the move to at gmail.com and say, I listen to. Africa on the move, or I support Africa on the move, and therefore you will be on that list where we can keep you informed and help you uh, um, stay updated on the very issues that are going on around the world. So we make an appeal to our listeners, our friends, supporters, that we need to have a direct link with you. The enemy has it, but we don't. So please do that. Take time to do that. And we will remind you that on every Sunday at 7 p.m. this time, Eastern Standard Time, U.S., you can listen to Africa on the Moon. Uh, We're in the seat. We're going to take the heat. As we define it, we're going to stand behind it. And right now, again, we'd like to thank the National Council of Arab Americans. 
We'd like to thank the all African people representing part of GC for allowing us to be a part of this festivities for this whole month. So until next time, please check out their website, www.a-aprp.gc, for main activities and past program. And let's continue to build our institution. This African Liberation Day Palestine Day is our institution. And the only one who can build it, protect it, and save it is you, the people. Come, help Mother Africa. Let's free Africa. Let's unify Africa. And let's create a scientific services government in Africa. Until next time, we see you. Always scribing to go forward, backward, never. This has been Africa on the Moon. A salute to 64 years of African Liberation Day, 74 years Palestine Day, and a salute to the AAPIPGC. We take you back home. We're all excited to Mama Africa. Mm-hmm.